kids to another edition of Porch Beers with the Lynx. We are coming at you live from, well, it's not live to you guys, but it's live to us from Dark Mascuda here on a, a great Thursday night. I mean, to be fair, it's usually dark when we do this. Well, yeah. I mean, we have... We haven't had a lot of daytime episodes. I mean, we do our fair share of day drinking. You know, actually, the only live, or the only daytime episode we had was at, uh, it was an away game at Emily's, Cousin Emily's house. With cousin Katie and cousin Emily at the same time. There was one with the kids. Oh yeah, that that doesn't didn't count. really count. No, that was that was herding cats. Yeah. Speaking of herding cats, uh, we have uh, we have an official sponsor for segment one. Uh, I'd like to welcome aboard Fountains Family Dentistry in uh, Fairview Heights, Illinois, uh, home of Doctor Ty Parker. Fountains Family Dentistry. We want to be in your mouth. Now our guest tonight. Brian Dolsky. He's not a guest, man. He's now like our third host, actually. Well, yeah, but you know. Like, we can't we can't undersell this guy. Like, he's been the most consistent guest. Does Ty do cat dental work? Cat dental work. Because you said, speaking of cats, <laughs> this segment was brought to you by he's a, Fountain's Family Dental. A very specific kind of dentist. Yes, yes. Beeline uh, Dentistry, okay. Do they have a specific name for, like, animal dentistry? It's very small tools. I think it's called a vet. <laughs> like, is that it? Oh. Yeah. Call little John. We need to I mean, surprisingly, <laughs> I know two vets, and I they both deal with teeth, so... I guess they do the teeth cleaning and teeth removal. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I don't know if, if, if Lil John, who will be a future guest on the podcast, who's a vet, is flossing dogs' teeth or cows' teeth. I don't know. Do you have to floss a big animal, too? Yeah, it's all Pete. horse sedancha. Sedancha. <laughs> but I'm pumped. It's pretty good, bud. Happy to be back. <laughs> you know, so, you know, speaking of dogs, I had the weirdest thought today. There I was just sitting at work. <laughs> just sitting at work. And I heard Ozzy, my dog, downstairs. He barked because he wanted to go outside. I Does that thought involve peanut butter? No, not one bit. Not one bit. But I did walk downstairs, and I let him out, and I go, you know what? This might be the last dog I own. Are now, you planning on dying in, like, the next no. six years? So here's the thing, right? So Ozzy's, like, six years old. He's going to live to be, like, 15, 16. That puts me at, like, 55. By the time I'm 55, my kids are all gone, and I hope to God in my free time, I'm just traveling with Kristen. I don't actually have time for a dog to live at home anymore. I don't know. Big dogs don't really live to be 15. Wow. I, I mean... I was going to say, like, 9 to 12, typically. I mean, and, that, and that's fair. But, like, I'm going to get to a... By the time he passes, that's the last dog that's going to be convenient for my life to where I want to go and, like, travel with Kristen with my free time. Because my kids are going to be in college, man. And your love that you have to give out is going to shrink. Shrink. It's like yeah. a Grinch, a Grinch little heart, right? Just, yeah, just seizing up on. Yeah, it's a shame, man. Not, a shame. It's not. I'm just saying that, like now, I'm like when I'm doing my life plan, it doesn't involve pets anymore. Like when I'm 22, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to get an apartment and have my own dog, and we're going to go on walks. And now I'm like, nah, I just want to go on vacations with my wife. Places. I mean, you can get a kennel. 
you can. I mean, uh, yes, get a dog sitter. But I hope to be doing a lot more things. Is I'm gonna have like. Well, you're gonna have an 18 year old Stan who can dog sit while you and Kristen go on. In, even in eight years, Stan is not going to be 18. He's going to be 24 and hopefully embarked on a career of his own. And that segment brought to you by Curtis. Um, Funeral home. Animal cremation services. Curtis Animal Creation Cremation Services. Where you can... Uh, not worry about having another dog so you can travel. <laughs> right. I, I mean, it would be unfair to have dogs that you're just going to kennel all the time. I don't know. It's just the thought that I had. I'm like, going, well, my life plan after this actually doesn't involve being at home that much anymore. I mean, in fairness, uh, you know, Pepper's now 16. Could be 16. We've thought about the same thing with, you know, a new dog and all that stuff. And I tell you what, the thought of potty training a new dog chewing up stuff, peeing on stuff just sounds super unappealing, man. Yeah. yeah, It does. Yeah. Like having to train it. Now, I lucked into a very good dog with Ozzy who was already pre-trained. Yeah. And pre-trained really well. It worked out. But I don't want to have... I don't want to have to train another dog. My kids are in college. I'm not training another kid to do things. Just not doing that. So if Henry comes to you and says, Father... I would really like it if we, you know, adopted a dachshund or a pug. Um, would you, would in eight you bring years, some more love into this house? In eight years, he's going to be over 20. To be a little boy again. Dude, you need to go find a nice girl to curl to like <laughs> curl up with, man, instead of worrying about me having another dog. You're 20 years old. Get out of my house. What if they still live here and they want to bring a dog home? I would treasure every moment that I would spend with my children if they move back in after their 20s. Move back in? They're not leaving. Yeah. Right. Community college. No, they're, they, have a, they have an appointment at a college where they have to attend. Well, what if they are just commuting to SWIC or SIUE? I will support all of their choices they make. And if they want to have a dog? I'm not going to support all the choices they make. <laughs> I don't know. That was my random thought that, like, I had while I was sitting at work today. I may or may not have been trying to take a nap at that time. Hmm. Sometimes I like to take Lots naps at work. Yep. Let's do it. My random thought of the day, back to the whole, you know, dentist thing. Uh, so <laughs> Really circling back around on that one. <laughs> we took Audrey, or I took Audrey to the orthodontist today. I tell you what, those places make money hand over fist. Holy cow. Like, this office was so damn modern it had a movie room where like if they brought a little sibling in they can go and sit in the movie room and pull up whatever they want to watch on this giant screen they had tablets you could just pick up and play on uh their giveaway they have monthly giveaways uh of one was an electric scooter one was a playstation 5 a 300 dollar nike gift card and it's like I, I, i'm just i'm befuddled by the amount of money this place has to could you maybe stuff. lower the cost of my kids' braces? Right. <laughs> and cut back on the shenanigans? Uh, I don't need a circus. I just want you to put some metal shit on my kids' teeth to make them straight. Meanwhile, they're saying, oh, yeah, by the way, we need to see you back in two weeks. Again. <laughs> All right, so, Brian, does any of your kids have braces? No. The, um, their, their bites are fine. It's all cosmetic, so we have not bitten the proverbial um, bullet on that one. 
Okay, so both of mine, well, Stan had to have them. Henry's gonna need to have them. It's not just cosmetic, like, eh, they need braces, right? So, the thing is with them, we put it on a payment plan. So once you pay X amount of dollars that they quoted you, after that time, there's no more fees. So because of pandemic, like Stan had been going through all of this, through all the thing, we paid off his braces a year ago, but he still has to keep going. They haven't taken him off yet because allegedly his overbite is still there. So they're doing free work for us infinitum, I guess. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Nothing's free. It's all just included. I understand that, but I'm no longer being charged <laughs> You're for just anything. Less bent over the barrel than most people. Right. <laughs> but there is no further charges because they quoted us that it will be $3,500 or whatever it is. We put it on a monthly plan. We paid out the monthly plan and it's done. So do you think they just curse you every time they, you know, your Look, time these MFers. Up? But if that was the <clears> case, they should have been like, yeah, we'll just take this, this, and this off your teeth, and you're done. And you're good to go. Even though you still have one shooting out, like, <laughs> your cheek, right? <laughs> I, I don't still don't understand, though, why you put it on an installment plan. I mean, with all that sweet insurance and oh, teaching. Oh, God. You just, have. well, public school teachers do bring in <clears> the <throat> sweet, I, sweet I mean, money. It's, it's almost unfair. Seriously. <clears throat> yeah. How much we make. Huh? Yeah. That's why I went to college to be one and couldn't cut it because of the stringent, stringent, uh, uh, so is this just your way of becoming more relatable to the audience by saying, oh yeah, I'm like you, I'm on a payment plan. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Not like my insurance money, which I can just throw around right now. The fire is being brought to you by my cash wallet. I would shovel ones in. You keep shoveling 20s in. <laughs> it's just showing off at this point. Uh, 20s uh, are the new fives. Okay. <clears throat> so, Brian, what's your random thought of the day, apparently? <laughs> <laughs> As we go through them. <laughs> I'm appreciative of fossil fuels right now. Most of the time I'm not because they make our planet message uh, laden <laughs> with, uh, yes, uh, extra carbon. But right now, the fire in front of me and to my right that are toasting my respective body parts is uh, quite nice. So I'll take it for the ambiance, but uh, gas stoves are stupid, and if you have one, you should get rid of it and get an um, induction stove immediately because you're poisoning your indoor air health, causing asthma, childhood defects, and uh, it's bad for the environment and it's cooking our planet. And the induction stoves are easier to use, cheaper, and nicer looking in your kitchen. So make it happen. This section brought to you by Greta Thornburg. <laughs> <laughs> Who shares a birthday with me? Really? About that, huh. yeah. Huh. But she's like way younger and more popular and has a Nobel Infinitely Prize. Infinitely coo- cooler Whoa. than you. Does she have a Nobel Prize? I think she's got Who has more Twitter followers? I, <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm in the high... Teens? Okay. Okay. <laughs> She's in the high teens. <laughs> See what you did there. Yeah, that was pretty good, buddy. Is she 18 or 19 yet? She's like a Swedish 22. I'm, I'm going to go 20. Swedish I think she, I'm going to go 22. 20. <laughs> no, I think she's 20. Yeah. Either way. Speaking of uh, foreign chicks, well, it's not really foreign. Emily Blunt, man. I tell you what, so I started watching The English on uh, Oh, Amazon God! Today. Oh, wonderful show. It's a perfect Venn diagram for me of 
Western with Emily Blunt. Emily As an English chick. Yeah, yeah. Is this a Mary Poppins prequel? Yes. Yes, it's definitely that. <laughs> Very much so. Uh, man, I tell you what, first episode hooks you. It's, it does. It's really it, good. It is fantastic. So, yeah. did you watch it? Because I told you to watch that or did it pop up on your on your amazon thing i knew you had mentioned to watch it and uh again giant emily blunt lemming um lemming so i uh i i was like you know i need something new to start and uh, i jumped on that one and it has not disappointed the native american gentleman who is the lead in it Mm -hmm. is fantastic all the way through like he reads he reads his lines like daniel craig does in anything else in every movie that he does like this kind of outside of like the glass onion so like him as james bond kind of like the silent quiet guy who just kind of he only says the words that he needs to say i love that guy is there such a thing as a southern english accent (laughs) because that's what he's doing who is benoit blanc oh it's like a so it's not quite it's, it's british but it's like Alabama British. What I thought I thought it's supposed to be New Orleans. New Orleans, if you will. Orleans. Oh, he's from there? Yeah, he's from Well Nolans. that makes a lot better sense then. Okay. okay. <laughs> is that what you were missing in both those movies? Is that he was from Nolans? Didn't get that part. Okay. No, I thought Brian, he was from London. You sweet, sweet boy. Well <laughs> <laughs> he he does the pieces are coming together. <laughs> <laughs> he does a good southern accent in a movie called Logan Lucky. Check it out. Oh, I've been meaning to see that. Got him and Channing Tatum in it. Yeah. Criminals. It's pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. So, uh, back on on the, uh, the, the, the English. The English. How far are you into it? Just episode one. Okay. So, they're in that little town, right? Well, town, I say. It's like two buildings, (laughs) right? There's a hotel, and that's it. Right. Now, did you pick out where the mayor of that town is from? He looked vaguely familiar, and I kept trying to place it, but no. I think his name is, like, Syrian Hands or something like that. You might remember him from Game of Thrones. He was the leader of the people, or the the wildlings, who got burnt at the stake. Oh. Huh. I'll be damned. Yep. He was the guy who got burnt at the stake. Brian, did you ever watch Game of Thrones? You know, I've heard of it. Um, <laughs> is that the one with um, <clears throat> Miley Cyrus? John Snow. No, it's not Miley Cyrus. Dragons. Daenerys Targaryen. No. Um, Britney Spears? It's the little dwarf from Justin uh, Elf. Willow Offgood. Kenny Baker. <clears throat> Who played R2-D2. Mm-hmm. No, I must not have seen it then. Okay. Well, so there's this show. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've heard. I've heard of it. I've heard of it. I don't think I've seen it. I don't. The premium I would, channels, like again, teacher money. We don't have the premium. Channels, I have to okay? imagine you've heard of it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, I've heard of it. It's, it's like you know, pop phenomenon. culture from yeah. you know, I don't know, ten years ago or whatever. But not having seen it, I can't fault you for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Too much, you know, violence, for violence, and sex, yeah. and like yeah. you know entertainment value there i get it that's too much for me how'd you feel about that uh the wildling uh who the red-headed one who showed her boobs in the cave with john snow again you didn't see the show yes ingrid um i believe well how did he 
Now I'm thrown off. <laughs> I, I told you I've heard of it. <laughs> so you know. Oh, From Andy, because that's his, he, he has this scene in his office in multiple panels. Yes, it's like, yeah. So, you know, it's like when you when It's like you one of those it, cartoon flip yes, books. It's like, a, it's like, it's, it's a, yeah, it's, it is. And, um, you know, it's, it's like your favorite scene of all time in any movie. Um, yeah, you play that off well, but yeah. doesn't yeah, have the best. thought bubble up across there. It says, you know nothing, Jon Snow. Over and over again. Yeah. 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 Still my favorite, uh, my f- favorite hot girl from that show. Really? Yeah, the wildling. Even over, like, uh, Natalie Dormer and Cersei and Roz. Yeah, I think I'm going to go Natalie Dormer, number one on that show. But she's kind of weird looking. Like, her eyes are kind of alien-like. Yeah, her and um, the girl from uh, Queen's Gambit. Oh, Anna Taylor-Joy. Where, like, yeah, it's slightly, yeah. like, it's definitely half an eyeball too wide on each side. Yes. Okay. Yes. Like, but If then, you told me but, they were an alien from another planet, I'd yeah. be like, no, no. But, but then you sense. turn her, you turn her, and you get her at a, like, a 30-degree angle, and you're like, no, wait a minute. There's something to that. Yes. It's definitely, like, a... How, how's your whole entire other eyeball still around your nose? I kind of like that. Boy, I must have a thing, because I find her super attractive, too. She, and she's a, a, a absolute joy to watch in whatever she does. Like, I a, just love watching her act. Play on her name? Well, not really. Okay. I mean, <laughs> like, even in, like, the North... Was it the Northman or the Norseman? The one that... Northman. The Northman. Like, she was a joy yeah. to watch in that, like... She's intense. She's so good, and she's fun to watch when she plays a character. Like she embodies that character. I don't know. I and she, like she's cute and all, but dude, she can f and act, man. I don't mean to kill it with that. No, sorry, hey, I, no, I, I gushed about an actress there. I appreciated your passionate take on acting, man. That's that's awesome. Yep, that's awesome. Do you think though she would have held the candles? Standing opposite you in a high school play. Oh, I would have like acted circles, circles around yeah, her, yeah. man, dude. That one time that I everybody played... comes into their own at their own time. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I, I peaked in high school, and that was the time that I played a guy called Tex who had a vaguely Texan, Australian, English, New Orleans accent because I couldn't quite place it as I was saying it as a high schooler. You were developing it, yeah, well. yeah, yeah. But the, can you can you regale us with some <laughs> no a few Thank lines? God. I'm really excited that there was no video cameras back in those days. That... I got a banjo in the truck I can bring out if it helps. No, I was we were we were doing a play called Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, which I think is actually a Marilyn, Marilyn Monroe movie. It is. Uh, but it was turned into a play, and we did it as a high school thing. And uh, yeah, I was one of the later characters in it. I remember the school newspaper raved calling it. Confusing. <laughs> <laughs> they called it a play? A <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> Theater? <laughs> Brian, did you uh, did you act in high school? I did not in high school. In middle school, I definitely was in the Boy, we're going way chorus. back. And um, my 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 pinnacle was playing the lead in Aladdin. As the parrot. Um, as, as the sultan. You just sat on the lead character's shoulder. <laughs> ah, ah, that's all I did. Ah. 
<laughs> Brian gained 10 pounds from just stuffing crackers down his face. <laughs> he had a puke bucket right next to him so he could spit out the crackers over you, and over You know, again. You, you think about the kid in, you know, the band requirement that hits the symbol, or not, the, the triangle, right? It's like, that was me in the play, right? I'm just, I'm like dressed as a big the rug. parrot going, oh. ah! On, on cue. Right. Yes. It was fantastic. Boy, how bad would it be to be cast as the rug? The rug? Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're just, just sitting on you the whole time. On. Meanwhile, he's like, splaying <coughs> himself across the floor. Your arms are just out to the side <laughs> and your head's up. And you're like, ah. Or they like tie a rope around your neck and they pull you. <laughs> oh, my. Wow. Warm. <laughs> yeah, Brian's taking off layers of clothes. <laughs> could be the fire, could be the brown liquid. Don't know. Six of one. A little bit of column B. <laughs> so you asked for a random fact. I wasn't quite prepared for that, but the audience uh, might Was be it interested. Was a fact to know. or like a thought? Uh, this is this is more of a fact. It comes straight from the farmer, farmer's almanac. So not random. You looked up Farmer's Almanac today. I, I didn't look at. I, I've had this bookmark because it's a it's a once in a lifetime opportunity to see a really interesting comet uh, that only only will be here once in our lifetime and orbits about every fifty thousand years around the sun. So um, honestly, it's some weird ass name, but uh, look it up in the Farmer's Almanac. And tonight, if you look towards the constellation Boots before sunrise uh, you'll see it it's got a really interesting uh hot kind of blue green corona up front with a long tail uh probably need binoculars or a amateur telescope to see now it. what part of the sky am i looking into yeah, this? Uh, I const constellation. constellation it's actually got an umlaut over the second o in, in boots so i can't i'm sure i'm Wait, pronouncing that wrong are you saying there's a, a constellation with an umlaut over it no the name of the constellation is an umlaut not like B O O umlaut T E S. I I I got nothing for you, bro. Right. Boutes. Yeah, I don't know. All right. I so did, I, can saved, you... I, I did all of that work. All right. But again, we don't. So know if you take your arm and you point. I don't know where it is. Look it up on a star app, man. I don't want to look anything up. You're Jesus. supposed to be a font of wisdom here. I, I said by the constellation boots. What was the I don't name know of what the, boots looks like. The comet probably looks like a boot that they started a cult over. Hailbottom. Ailbop. Ah, okay. All right. I feel like we could not have a to be whole con podcast just on Not to be confused with the Mbop comment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which I believe was in the late 90s. No, I, I actually feel like we could have a, like a 20-minute conversation just on Hanson because I enjoy Hanson. Especially their later music. <laughs> which could you do you longer will. on? Hanson or on Probably the Probably the Hailbop comments, to be honest. Like, okay. I, I'm curious. How... how, how how far can you go down on that? Oh, I don't... Like, currently, not that far. I find it fascinating that a bunch of people decided to follow a dude who looked like E.T. with gray hair. Mm -hmm. And who said, hey guys, what if, what if we all bought sneakers and committed suicide? And then... But all so that we could catch a comet to go talk to our alien overlords. Good idea? Bad idea? What do you want to do? It really shows how gullible people are. People are dumb, man. Yeah. They buy into just about everything. Yeah. Yeah. They can buy into anything. Anything. Why? Why? Because people are lonely. 
Is that it? Yes, people are lonely. Like, they're always constantly looking for someone who they can connect with. So, have they heard of this guy, Jesus? Okay, I'm just gonna go ahead and take religion out of this for a minute. <laughs> there are a lot of people who don't have friends, right? Like, there's just people who, when they get off work, they go home and they don't have anyone to talk to whether that's because they're married to someone or not. But they don't have, like, a web of friends they could talk to. But they do have the web. They have the web, right? Which is actually the root cause of this. Thank you, Brian. It's like you almost set me up for that. But I would argue that cult participation has gone down since the advent of the interwebs and uh, uh, dating I, websites. I disagree. I disagree completely, actually. I think... Plenty of fish and uh, oh, the other plenty one? of fish. Hedge? No, what's the H one? I don't know. Handjobs? Handjob.com. Dot com. Yeah, it, sponsoring this third third segment. Third today. segment. Don't yeah. think they're sponsoring the third segment. <laughs> Anyways, all those help people find their match a little bit more, right? Handjobs? Yes. No. Like, so. Is no, it? because they go online and then they find that's where they find their friends. And so then they latch on to a cult leader or any idea that makes them part of a bigger group. And so it's it's actually easier nowadays to latch on to I don't know, something that's appealing to them that makes them friends. I don't I, I don't know if you guys realize there's not there's a lot of lonely people in the world, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I get it. And I don't know them because my friends also have friends. Hashtag blessed, I guess. So, you're saying that now people are more susceptible because of the fact that all they do is spend time online. Yes, actually. And in internet forums and so, stuff like that. But you don't hear about the big cults, i.e. David Koresh. I mean, they exist. Uh, there was just like a, a famous chick who was on Smallville who got arrested for oh, being that a, was a cult. sex cult, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was a sex cult. Like, yeah. she was banging everybody. Can't think of her name. Probably shouldn't say it on the podcast because God knows. If you're going to join a that cult. That doesn't sound like a cult as much as. A sex club? No, it was a cult. I think there were minors involved and whatnot. Well, okay, but just on the surface, if you're going to join a cult, let's take that minor thing out of the equation here. Isn't that the one? Like, if you're at the recruiting thing, you know, you're That's on... It's just called a swingers club. Like, okay, so it's like you're at college, you're in the the, the, uh, the campus, whatever, common area, and you got all the sororities and fraternities trying to recruit you. This is all the cults. Yes. Wouldn't you be like, dude, the sex one's over there. I'm going to go join that one. <laughs> right, as opposed to the chemistry guys. Right. <laughs> like, hey, guys, you want to try and, uh, I don't know, make a serum for something? <laughs> This one, we gotta go hop a ride on that comet over there to take us to yeah. Zorg up there. <laughs> Zorg. <laughs> the Mormons have that down. That's, <laughs> they've got that cornered. The underwear. They're, they're already building their large ship. I've seen it in the expanse. I mean, you know, people are actually lonelier now than they've ever been, right? I get that. I get because that. Because they, they do. They go on the interwebs, and most of their interactions are with people who are not... Not real. real. Yeah. They're not real. It's it's important for humans who have evolved in a close-knit, interactive society to have those reactions. The fact that technology 
is acting as a barrier to those interactions when it's, 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 it's too much work to go out and meet your friends and do a podcast. It's too much work to get dressed for God's sake and meet up and play trivia or yeah. have a beer and go bowling, shoot the shit. Go. Like, um, yeah. I, you know, uh, and it, you know, our society's losing the human interaction somewhere. I, I, I don't know what the tipping point was in that, but I've definitely seen that happen more over the last decade. And I think when people became prisoners in their own homes and, and really started to rely on technology as they're only out during but that's the, not, the pandemic. But that's not just COVID. It started before that, man. But, but that accelerated and locked that in. Uh, okay, yes. And, and we, you know, last week you guys talked about, um, you know, breaking habits and like, and how it was hard to break the habit. And if you go back to the habit, then it's just gonna you're gonna drop right back into it. Yeah. And so people got into this bad habit of not making time for other people intentionally, which is a very important word. Um, you know, random bumping in the, in Target and the grocery store is not the same as making intentional time with the people that feed you, right? Mm-hmm. And so we lost a lot of that in those year and a half, two years. And we got out of the habit and it's hard to get back into the habit because you have to break the old habit right you have to break your new routine that you've established and uh, i think i think a lot of folks are, are are definitely missing out on those key personal re- relationships in their lives that, that nourish their their souls and, and and make them part of a, a greater community and it's it's a real um it's going to continue to be a real problem um with technology, I see it in the younger generation. I see it less in the older generations. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know. So I, I, I'm. Nope. That wasn't funny. <laughs> no, 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 I actually agree with you because the difference is that you could go online and I guess interact with people. I'm going to say like in chat rooms, although that hasn't existed since AOL, I guess. I don't know. But there's. Reddit and 4chan and stuff like that, right? Where people can just go and interact with people. But like, but, it's but not the same. You're not interacting with people. You're not. You're because it's not with a user on a screen. Right. And you would not say 90% of the things that you say in a chat room or on a Facebook post or on a Absolutely. Twitter reply. Some smart ass snarky, you know, this dumb guy said this dumb thing. You would never say that to someone's face. And we have lost a huge amount of decorum in in our society because everybody can uh, be a keyboard warrior. And yep. you, you know, until people get out, meet someone, and, and learn a little bit who they are and what they're about, where they're coming from, you would you would not say those things to people. No. And so I, it, it really it, it disheartens me quite a bit to, to see those types of online interactions. And I have pulled back quite a bit from social media and really intentionally manipulated my feeds so that I'm getting more uh, cat videos and puppy dogs. Otters. I watch otters. Otters. <laughs> otters. Yes. When they, the baby otters on their mommy's bellies. No, I, a, I mean, there's yeah. a cute Japanese couple who own two otters that I watch their YouTube videos. So, of. but but isn't part of the problem too? If we're talking about how people are having problems connecting, 
part of what we, us three, enjoy. The working from home thing isn't, you know, part of the communication process, the getting to meet <coughs> friends and meet people, going to an office, and carpooling with, like, Dave Scheibel and Jason Wagonblast, and just meeting people out there as opposed to everybody's works from home. And so their, act, their, their interactions with people is a little more limited in that regard. 100% yes. I, I worked in an office, and you get to know people, but that doesn't mean you make friends with them necessarily, but you know them on a human level. Right. And so, but there, there's something to be said for work-life balance. I, I've worked remotely since 2008. I genuinely miss the opportunity to go into an office to shower and shave and be feel professional and interact with people face-to-face in, in that way. Absolutely, and I cherish the opportunity to do that in my job when I get to go out and see clients and then we have maybe once or twice a year a larger team meeting where we're all together. Yeah. So those become more coveted opportunities. Now, being a slave to a cube for 40 hours a week no, is, uh, yeah. is also hell. So I think there's a happy medium and, and some sort of a hybrid mix where you are encouraged to interact personally with your colleagues that when it makes sense. Like my, my teams are spread out throughout the country. So it, it's like there's no office in St. Louis for me to go to. But for the folks in D.C., there is. And they do get together 30 at a time a couple of times a week and that's very important for them to be able to communicate and, and you know quote unquote whiteboard and have water cooler talks when you have creative ideas and can bounce things off of each other because I'm not going to pick up the phone and call Andy if he's my co-worker because I know he's working on something and I don't necessarily want to interrupt his train of thought but if we're both not doing something in the in the lunch break or on a smoke break that's when you can do a lot of creative things. So I think the, the modern workforce is missing a lot of that. And there's going to be a shift back towards more communal working spaces over the next five years. So I actually disagree with you on that. So when we had communal workspace time, so back when I smoked outside... The people that were outside smoking. You know what we didn't do? Talk about work. We did not talk about work. At all. Ever. Uh, You didn't make out. We didn't make out, usually. There was a couple times that me and Dave Scheibel, who will be a guest in a couple weeks, made out. But that was just formalities. Uh, I mean, like, when we were at the water cooler talk, never once did we talk about how to make our jobs better. If anything, we bitched about work, which is, there's something to be said about bitching about work, when you can go to a collective thing and complain about what happened. Yeah. Yeah. But, you can do that now, at home, over team messenger, or group phone calls. I call my coworkers, because I talk to them. I've been both a supervisor and a worker during this thing, right. just as an FYI. Yeah, so yeah, I've right, seen right. both sides. I think there's value in 
getting your frustrations out in a in small bits with other people with whom you can commiserate yeah to then get back to work and i've seen it the other way where it builds up builds up builds up builds up builds up so you don't you don't necessarily have someone to you know talk to frequently and then once or twice a week it's like <laughs> volcano so so make a friend easier the, said than done this, sometimes you know, and the people i'm talking about have been hired no. during the pandemic they've never had and and the remote and so not only were they remote entirely but then we weren't getting together as i mean and, i worked for 10 years remotely from my job I, and then got hired remotely no, from another one i, I hear you and I, we're friends and, and i agree <clears throat> i never want to go back to the other way like i have zero interest in going back to the office I mean, I that's just, why I'm defending this hardcore. Yeah, and I have zero I don't want to do it. interest in that small talk when you get there. How was traffic? How was your day? How was your weekend? Well, my dog is now amazing. There's nothing out there, bro. You know, just the, the how was your commute stuff and the sitting in traffic nonsense. It is not a Port Spears with the links. Yeah, wind now, chimes are a dog. Wind chimes. <laughs> traffic. Dump trucks and dogs barking. <laughs> this is a perfect time to tell us about, uh, you know, the Porch Beer's main sponsor. Yes, uh, Muscoota Community Lanes. Boy, I tell you what, they've been there since the beginning for us, right? Mm-hmm. I think from podcast number one. And you know why? You know why they've been there? Because they are the best pizza in Muscoota. Uh, why would you go to a chain restaurant when uh, you can support a local business? Uh, you can order from, uh, you can order online or go in, order a few beers while you hang out with them. So it's kind of like working remotely. You can stay home and they'll bring the food to you. That is correct. Or you can go out and socialize. Yep. Okay. And if you'd like, you can <laughs> order a pizza at a time. Boy, you really caught me off guard with the, uh... <laughs> 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 you know, I was excited um, for the, the Lenten pizza. The but Lenten then, pizza. Then, then, I, then I heard yes. uh, so. on the last podcast. Well, they changed the recipe. That they changed the recipe. Oh. Right, from fish sticks. Gorton's crumbled fish sticks, yeah. tartar sauce, and American cheese was an absolute home run. God. <clears throat> I mean, with, yes. Boat missed. Yep. Boat missed. Yes. <laughs> well, well, Andy, you know, we'll, we'll make up, we'll do thoughts. a makeup you know read in the second Let's segment. Let's do a makeup read in the second. <laughs> <laughs> ah, but for now, not prepared for that one. You know, uh, we're going to take a regrouping moment for Andy, and uh, we're going to wrap this up. Brian, thanks for some uh, great conversation in segment one. We'll catch you in just a minute. Happy to be here. And we're back. There was a very thorough breakdown of Hanson. And there may or may not be a poll up on our Facebook fan page of whose girlfriend back in high school may have looked like one of the members of Hanson. You are you our audience gets to vote, and we'll reveal it at a later podcast. 
Actually, you know what? The song this time around by the Hanson Bros, actually pretty good. I'm an unabashed fan of this bros? time around by the Hanson oh, Bros. Oh, by the Hanson there was a there's a pause so I didn't yeah my bad. They, maybe there's a comma do in they there? compete yeah. with the property bros yeah I, I I think they were always just known as Hanson I added bros on my own mm. better bros them are Super Mario bros Ooh, set of brothers who did something that was awesome man we won a softball championship a couple times yeah. three times three times dude back to back so, to back I don't know what you and your bro got Brian guys high five over something i think that's called an eiffel tower (laughs) no we didn't do that sad (laughs) i meant over like an accomplishment at nintendo you guys high fived wow maybe like street fighter yeah i'm 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 going to say we were in competition our entire childhood well me and dave were too until we joined each other's accomplishments (laughs) ever well, I'm going to bring up a topic that I think is going to unify everybody. Uh, I've got I got a couple of sports topics. We may be only able to hit one, but we're going to call this David's Sports Journal here, where I'm going to come at you with a question. You know, I don't know if you guys have, you know, you guys can't read minds yet, so let's... Uh, I can. Let's... I can read your mind. <laughs> I can read Brian's mind. <laughs> This is weird. Oh my god! If I read so your we all mind, look at each other. if I read Brian's mind, who's reading Dave's mind? Are we secretly reading all of Dave's minds? Is it like the three Spider Men all pointing at each other? <laughs> <laughs> no, so, so here we go. Here we go. I feel like there should be some underlying music for the for the question and the lead. There we go. I was thinking more like Europe. So, but. Triple A baseball is bringing in robo umps for this upcoming season. Yeah. How long do you think it'll be before it's in play with the major leagues? 2024. Ooh. How wow, that's long? quick. You know, when you said robo umps, I thought your question was going to be do you like them versus you how can, long? You can go down that road. No, no, I, but your question was how long. Uh, I'm with Brian on it'll be. 24, I think. I, I think that's too soon. 25 at the earliest, maybe 26. I think they got kinks to work out. Fine Rebel arms. That's fair. Um, I guess. Ball We're talking strikes. balls on strikes, right? Ball strikes. Automated strike zone is different than Rebel arms. Are you sure? I think so. I think Rebel arms is every call on the field is made by Hawkeye slash computer system. Jeremy Renner? Yeah. (laughs) Jeremy Renner clones. (laughs) Shooting arrows at the baseball field. Is he like the ump in New York from his hospital bed? I know, right? How does he... He recovers so fast. (laughs) I think robo-umps are different than automated strike zone. Okay. Elaborate. Like... So, robo-umps... Every player is required to have a special shoe that has a sensor in it, and the bag has a sensor in it, and the ball has a sensor in it, and the glove has a sensor in it, and every every millimeter of space is tracked. And those 
all of those movements within that millimeter and microsecond are, are, are able to be recorded. There are obvious outs, obvious safes, but the, the plays that are quote unquote bang bang, where literally the human eye and ear cannot see and hear the ball hit the glove, the foot hit the bag, and where at this point slow motion replay even is having trouble saying the ball was in the glove but not in the glove. Do you know what I mean? The difference like it entered the front of the glove but it didn't seat and sit and smack the back of the glove yet but the ball disappeared so how do you know when it did that and when was the foot on the bag? Those within a year or two with technology will 100% be reviewable and instantaneously available to umpires on the big screen in the outfield that Ooh. if there is a if there's a, a call that um, is immediately a safe call or immediately an out call by the umpire and the, the, the coach wants to challenge it and you know, say they get one or two a game or three or four or whatever whatever they collectively bargain and they go they point to the screen and that's the cue and then and it like immediately comes up because there's a fourth or fifth umpire in the booth that's running that shit right okay. got four in the field still making calls I, I i still think there has to be that human element for the time when the ball glances off the guy's leg before it goes foul yeah and the computer just can't quite figure that out yet i think we're going to get there and i think it's going to be all i think there's going to be no umpires before long but uh, i agree but i think 2024 is way too soon i'll give you, you i'll give you workouts. i'll give you automated strike zones ozzy has a lot thing. of thoughts yep, on yep, this yep same thing agrees you can never not have arbitrators on the field of play correct you can't have that like, there won't be a time where there are robots dictating, dictating everything. Play. Because as gentlemen who have played sports on a very low-key, no, like, it doesn't matter how the outcome happens, we all still get in arguments because people are people, right? So in a major league game, there has to be arbitrators on the field. Even if they're there in a... Uh, ceremonial aspect there has to be umpires on the field and if they're getting fed the calls via a chip in their ear through the computer thing saying going hey they're safe they're out that will always have to be there balls and strikes I think that should be a computer I, I mean even safe and out I feel like to an extent could probably be computerized probably I mean that whole human eye thing Man, it's it, it costs some really dumb stuff. Look, me and you have both been umpires. Eighty-five flipping cardinals. Correct, but me and you have both been umpires, even in a little league game. Like, and I know that's low stakes, whatever. But we've also seen how people react to just one like call that from the crowd. They go, "Oh no, we saw that different yeah. than what you saw," which was the guy didn't actually have the ball in his glove. Like, it just wasn't there. Right? So, 
my masochistic self decided to become a soccer referee because, you know, I wanted to get yelled at by parents. It explains your calves and yeah, your exactly. hamstrings right now. And, uh, you know, I wanted to learn more about the game and, and, and get a better sense for it. So I, 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 I refereed about 20 matches this past fall. It is so difficult to really pick up that last tiny little deflection off of somebody's shin before the ball goes out of bounds. And then like, okay, so which direction does that go? And if, you know, and if you make a wrong call, it really can change the course of the game. If, you know, in, in, a, in situations where the game's close. And but assuming that this game has any value outside okay, of... Okay, we're, we're talking about... 12 year old soccer. Correct. We're right. not talking about the World Series or the Correct. World Cup. Right? But like, still, yeah. But like, I, what, what I'm trying to get at is my eyes and brain cannot process a ball pinging off of five shins in under one second and determining who it went off of last when their socks are gray and pink. With no replay. And nope. you know what? Like, that's hard. Yep. And so I, I, the, the major league umpires are the best of the best. Yeah. And they get 95% of the calls right, and that is really good. None of us could step in and do it. No, or do that job. No. Because no. those pitchers are throwing so fast. And, and they're still getting a lot of those calls right. Now, they miss some egregious stuff. Don't get me wrong, but if your eye inadvertently blinks <laughs> when, when that foot is hitting the bag and the mm -hmm. ball is hitting the glove, you're going to miss it, and you just have to make your best guess. And you know what? In today's game, with a $10 billion industry and players making $400 million contracts, that's not good enough. No, you have to be right. For that, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. For the little kid but level, yes, that you don't need the robot umps, you don't need whatever to get after the ump if they or the ref. If a ball deflects off a kid and they missed it, you're absolutely right. You don't need to have eagle eyes for that. But yes, when there's millions of dollars at stake, I think it is important to make sure you absolutely get that call correct. But there are people who love the human element of it. I'm not personally one of them, but there is a segment of people who enjoy, oh, the human element of, I guess, how umpires see the game. I would rather it be right than have a human judging it. So here, here's, here's a perfect example why there will never not be humans on the field. This past fall, there was a hidden ball trick played on my son's baseball team uh, and <laughs> the, the umpire had to interpret that it was intentional that the player had the ball and the umpire was aware like that's literally written into the rule yep that the umpire was aware that the fielder had the ball so that if the runner stepped off base be tagged and be out yeah so how do you with no umpires on the field show a ball to an umpire correct no, so there there right. are some really interesting things that will have to happen with um 
you know, and, and maybe you just write out the hidden ball strike, like, out of the rules, which I think is an absolute... That doesn't work in baseball with well, no Well, it's, it's, like a, it's like a one or two time a year thing. But it does that, happen. That, that, that does makes, happen that at major sports, league level. Yeah. Sports Center's top ten yep. dumbass plays of the day. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, Anthony Rizzo is like the king of that. Like, he loves to do the hidden ball trick. Matt Carpenter fell for it in Colorado. Yes, because yeah. they like to do the, hey, how you going? Hey, uh, how's your wife and kids? Oh, oh, you're out. <laughs> oh, shit, you're out. Like, and I applaud that. Like, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. But there is no way to adjudicate that with a robot umpire. I get that. And that is why you always will have to have a human element on the field. Yeah. So give, give, here, here. Uh, uh, here's my um, settlement. Give me an automated strike zone because I think that's, that's the, the yep. place where we can improve the game the most, the fastest, and make it where it is not to the player's knee and the player's belly button or whatever the defined strike zone is in the rule book because they don't even call it that way anyway. No. Really define the strike zone. With a like, it's at the front of the plate. It's I don't know what's my maybe like sixteen inches off the ground. Yeah, eighteen. I don't like I don't know what that is. And but like make that standard. So everybody that's up, regardless of how tall they are. So you have a chip in your knee. How short they are? No. You have a chip no, in no, your no, knee. No 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 There's no 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 no. no chip in the knee. Uh, your um. The, 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 all of the cameras can figure out. Oh, not they're right. not cameras; they're laser beams. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, where exactly that ball's crossing? It, 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 with, yeah, with, because with the seam width. You can't. You go, watch it on MLB.com. You can't go a standard sixteen inches off the ground because you've got Jose Altuve's and then Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge, which are I, different people. I knew you were gonna say that because yeah, you've got. But but and, and, and those are and, just the. And I'm, I'm saying yeah, those are the both far of those ends players. Of the spectrum. Both of those players, knowing the strike zone, will adjust their swing based on their athleticism to be able to control that strike zone with the bat. To an extent. If if a guy like Aaron Judge realizes that, yeah, it's down there and he has to, like, I don't know, hunch over and try and swing, he's not going to be able to swing with power, generate that power the same way. Or if Altuve's, like, again... The strike zone's now shoulder level on him. I, I'm not saying it would be, but you know what I mean. You know, he's not – it's just it's not fair. I think it does have to be player-centric to whatever the player is. I think it's unfair to Aaron Judge, whose strike zone is probably 40% bigger than Jose Altuve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, bigger guy. If, if you want to talk about extremes, like – there was a, an example in the title, you know, the clown years the baseball when the White Sox, I think, were wearing shorts or <laughs> the seventies. The, the, the owner, no, the owner brought in a, this uh, like literal midget, yeah, to play, and he he went up and his strike zone was was literally like a foot high from from knee to Eddie, chest. That was the brand. Eddie Guess. Yeah, Eddie Goodell is his Eddie name. Goodell. But so uh, I'm going to let you finish that uh, thought from, and uh, jump left in. field there. It's Eddie Goodell, 
And he changed and the rules so, because of uh, Bill Vex's ideas. Of so okay, so the rounds. If if the strike zone is defined as knee to belt or knee to armpits or whatever whatever is defined as, and you bring in a team of players that are three feet tall, any pitcher, I don't care how good they are, are going to walk that person every single time. They will win every game. They will be 162 and zero. Well, okay? but they kind of. Until they get up to bat, there's no. someone who can. No there's way. also Look. rules against putting, you know, again, a team of really short people like that if out you, of the field, right? Look, no, because Brian, our kids, at some point have been the size of midgets, Eddie Goodell size, right? At some point, those kids have struck out with pitches thrown between the strike zone. So, hold on. The strike zone was not the Major League strike zone at six years old. It was the size of an elongated hula hoop. But again, if you're going against Clayton Kershaw with pinpoint Who accuracy... Who's actually better at hitting He's going to be zone. able to find three They're outs find in there that, at some point. That ability in there. And like, then when they get got, out of the field... Sorry, didn't yeah. mean to step on you, but when they get out of the field, they're just going to destroy them. Mm-hmm. There's going to be enough people. They're going to walk in so many runs that it's not going to matter. Nope. I actually disagree. They're not going to because our kids have all played baseball. There were many innings where my kid struck out players because he hit that same strike zone of Eddie Goodell. They did. Why haven't there been teams of that since then, then? Like, if you're saying that that could be the case, why hasn't a team picked up on that? It's it's an extreme that you would never really try. Right. There's that, like, common convention prevents people from playing the full court press in NBA basketball every time. But if there was a team that was inventive and they said, I'm going to play... Five man, five man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just play five starters. Two minutes. We're gonna sub out five. Okay. And we're just gonna play full court, full court press all the time. Run and gun. We're gonna wear the other team down. Except for the, you have to have ten guys who are all of equal value. No, because when you're playing full court press, it's not about who's. You're not setting up offenses and defenses. You're just playing scramble basketball. Sure, but they still have to all have the same amount of ability. Well, they're NBA caliber players, but they're not Okay, LeBron. so we're only talking about I, I NBA. See, I see what you're saying. Brian. Okay. Yeah, it, that's fair. All right. Well, you, you, and you, you, you literally are not allowed to play that way in the younger levels right? because nobody can break a press. And at the, at, the, at the advanced levels, you can break the press because you're talented, and that's just not how they play. So normally, if you watch somebody makes you've a, seen somebody makes Teresa's sixth grade girl basketball games, they are really <laughs> good about busting up that press. There's no press in sixth grade to <laughs> make St. Teresa's basketball. You, you literally cannot defend in the basketball. I feel like we could have a whole podcast just on St. Teresa's sixth grade girl <laughs> basketball. Actually, you can press. It, you can press. You, no, yeah. you, 
It's not that you can. It's that you I can't swear. tell them not to. If they've pre No, you. In, there are in different the diocesan. Yes, there are different diocesan rules. Oh, is there? Yeah. So it's weird when we Jesus played in loves the backcourt. When we played in Collinsville, um, they belong to a different dio diocese. Oh. Their rules forbid from pressing in the backcourt, but when we play, you know, here in Belleville or a school in our diocese, you can press in the backcourt. And so it's just Holy something childhood. that, and there's also ways that you can only press for the final two minutes of the half in the backcourt or yeah. whatever. But yeah, we we did press the whole the whole game against Holy Childhood. You could press in the backcourt. They did, and I actually don't like that because I feel like it creates a very aggressive game against twelve year old girls. It does. I don't like how that like. I don't like the atmosphere it creates. Yeah, like I, I, I want to wait until high school to, to press. Correct. No, I, I like really, that. I really agree with that because you know what it does is it actually it creates an atmosphere not only on the court where there's twelve year old girls playing, but then their parents who are getting pissy about their twelve year old girls. As a referee, sure. parents are the worst part of sports. <laughs> they are absolutely. As a parent of a twelve year old, the parent. Yep. As a coach, as a former umpire, as whatever, like they are the worst. I wasn't trying to step on your basketball take because I do agree. At some point, I think an NBA team could find success by building around finding five dudes, ten dudes, whatever it is that can sufficiently play defense and produce enough offense to become. You're not going to go eighty-two and zero, but I think you could find balance in there to become a winning team and defend against teams that, you know, just run all over the court. Yeah, I, I think there's... I wish you guys could all seen Brian's facial expressions <laughs> yeah, as he it went was, through. <laughs> it was, it, there was a lot of thoughts about, do I say something here? Do I just let it go to the next, next segment? Roll in, but there are always opportunities to exploit in any field. And in the 2000s, the Oakland A's exploited the uh, on-base percentage mm -hmm. and a loophole, the money ball, which, you know, love the film, love the book, love the Oakland A's of that era. Uh, Oakland is still my AL team that I root for, underdog, love, love Billy Bean, Scott Hatterberg. But, like, yeah, and, and so, like, they 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 found something and they they said we're gonna we're gonna go all in on this we're all in on this every player up and down the lineup got you know damn the torpedoes defense defense be damned ah. we're OBP scores runs and 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 they found they found something sure and that revolutionized baseball on base means runs. Mm -hmm. Walk, hit, doesn't matter. Get on base. Make make fewer outs. That's like that was okay. the whole the whole thing. Yeah. The, like there there are opportunities like that in football, in basketball, where you can say, we are going to go for it on fourth down every time that we're not within twenty five yards of our own end zone. Because the probability that you you make a first down on fourth is down pretty good is good. 
Yeah. And and then like not only do you keep the ball out of the opponent's hands, you have an opportunity to score. Yeah. But and you... and, and possession is like, so big in the NFL. And and in basketball, you you are giving your opponent fifty percent of the court for free mm-hmm. every single time they get the ball. Why? What is it costing you? It's costing you energy. Energy in your players. Yeah. Right. Who have to make the jump shots and defend the other team. But if you can develop a system, and I'm not saying like, this doesn't happen overnight. Like, you have to bring this up from the bottom and say like, all right, we're going to play this like 10 or 12 man thing where we... we rotate five guys in and out every couple minutes so they're fresh they stay fresh while the other team normally their guys sub it eight ten minutes but now they're pressing and they're playing full court and they can't keep up so what you they have to sub and then their bench comes on and their bench players are not up to the level that your bench players are because they played in the system for so long and that's where you you start to gain the advantage, and I think I think it would be a rogue, wild, expansion team type thing that comes into the NBA, or some new owner that has infinite money and just goes out and says, "We're going to try something new." We've been 13th place for 27 years, so it is uh, like 100 minutes of yeah, well, it's 48 of minutes in an 48 NBA. minutes of press, so. Well, that's what Nolan Richardson did with the Razorbacks. Forty minutes of hell, like he would. That was that was how they won the national championship. It was all full court press. Right. I, I think I literally think there's a lot to gain. On the other hand, it's an ugly game. Doesn't it's, it lend itself to a lot of fouls? So don't you have to have a you lot of need a deep to bench? Have you're not going to foul in the back. We're going to play defense. Right, but if you're playing a very aggressive game, doesn't it lend itself just more towards fouls? I, I incidental mean, fouls, incidentally, like, but but not. It doesn't. It's not like it's an automatic or anything mm-hmm. like that. Just because you're defending that person, sure. I mean, you're not going to get the foul called on you. So, and, and and here's the thing: like, I think this works early on. Then teams adapt. That's just natural. So this team, they're the 32nd team in the NBA. They come on, and they're like, all of a sudden, they win 60 games. They're in the playoffs. Holy shit, they're pressing us all game long, and they're winning because we have not, as a team, adapted to having to defend full-court press for 48 minutes. And then the game adapts because... Other teams are like, we're going to press 30% of the time because we say that team is doing it very effectively. And here's the thing. I know shit ass about basketball. Okay, let's let's put this out there right now. But I see an obvious thing to exploit as a person that looks at numbers and data and says, this is an obvious thing okay. that anybody but you not, do. You were not the first person who's ever looked at data on this like so there's something That's why to con- this convention is hard to break it's not convention i think it's the human body like you're talking about press for 
48 minutes or whatever, humans can't do things forever. It means you have to have... How many people are on the NBA bench? 12? 11? I think there's seven bench guys, yeah. So 12 altogether? I mean, yeah, this is a real sure NBA take here of us. Yeah, I think there's seven guys on the bench. I mean... The St. Louis Lakers, <laughs> right, guys? Right. I'm just saying that you can't... Yeah. You can't make people do X amount of minutes forever doing the press because that wears you out, right? I covered this earlier. All right, fine. But here, back to your original premise about how you can I'm exploit... also hogging up way too much time on this segment. You know it's fine. No, it's great. You can exploit the rules by just throwing out there a bunch of Eddie Guidels on a team. You mentioned how the Athletics found a loophole with their whole on-base percentage thing. Teams find loopholes. Fuck. Teams find loopholes like with the shift, with bringing out an opener, bringing out the pitcher hitting eighth. There's always all these newfangled things that teams try and other teams adapt. It works for a hot minute, and it will never work over the course of whatever for the season. Yeah, I, I want to see a team like the. Marlins, Sonics, Reds, Padres. Give me a Sixers, Sixers. Mm. Uh, Blues. We're gonna go baseball. Go baseball. Pamanatees. The (laughs) Pamanatees. They're gonna play Cole in every position. The Phillies are gonna throw Bryce Harper out there to pitch. God, I love that. And Trey Turner. I am so excited. Trey or Trey? I think it's Trey. I think. I have been born and bred to hate Philadelphia. I love the Phillies right now and their aggressive attempt at winning. Well, I really like they John Cruck at first base. Are <laughs> and not that Joe Helmet guy? guy in left in left field. <laughs> no, Pete Cavalli is the difference maker in left field. He is. Pete Cavalli really brings that team together. Yeah, yeah. Jim Eisenreich. But Dalton wasn't the same after Langford bowled him over at the plate. Right. That's why he had his son who showed up. Andy Dalton, who now nope. plays quarterback Dalton for the... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> New Orleans Saints. Yes. Yes. <clears throat> well, uh, this will bring a close to this segment, guys. God, this was a very sports-heavy segment, too. Andy, is there anything you want to say before we uh, head yeah. into it? I lingered on for a while there. So... <laughs> <laughs> So that make good. It's just out the window. At it's this out point. the window. They haven't given us any money. We're gonna again. You can't say that. You know, we gotta we gotta pretend oh. we're oh, they're bringing us... in this money. Okay. That way, other sponsors want to join on board. So we're gonna wrap this up. <laughs> I am gonna go over here and count the paychecks that they're sending us. You wrap up the segment. Well, we'll see you in a couple minutes. We are, Brian. Congrats. You just so walked right into this I, one. I think this is apparently a trivia segment. Segment, From what I've been told, I'm not familiar with this segment because 
I have not uh, fully listened to no, we should three let, episode. We should let Dave I'll let do Dave, his I'm just letting him uh, I, I'm sorry, I was coughing and dying of laughter over here. Because uh, the interlude to this segment was uh, very and, interesting. Andy very abruptly started this, and it's fine, it's fine. But it works out well, because what we're starting off with what happens guys. when you're the producer <laughs> is, uh, are you smarter than Andy? <laughs> Uh, Brian, we have a new uh, we have a new sponsor for this segment, right? We do. This is a trivia segment. It's sponsored by uh, Trebo Bingo Hall on uh, One Fifty Nine South in Belleville. Uh, Trebo Bingo Hall, where you can be, you know, geriatric and play bingo on Tuesdays and Thursdays, or take your organization down there and do a trivia night or a glow bingo. Uh, all lots of uh, entertaining fun opportunities to uh, fundraise for your organization. So Trebo's Bingo Hall 159. Uh, check out the website for the number and email. Book it. It's going to be a great time. Great organization. Uh, glad they're a sponsor of the show. Are you assuming that our that our listeners are all elderly? No, that's what I said. Uh, if you're a school or uh, organization looking to do a trivia night or a, a, a glow bingo to raise some money. Glow I suggest, bingo. Uh, yeah, check it out. The glow bingo is fun. You've got your uh, fluorescent shirts with the black lights, and uh, you can make fake abs. It's good stuff. <laughs> so, <laughs> but they don't have like a catchy segment or segment uh, like um, catchy slogan, something like "Come watch us catch your balls." Or uh, just, yes, that. that see if it. okay. All right, perfect, perfect. <laughs> you know, keep trying. B fifty two. Right. So, all right, for this segment, Brian, uh, I since you have not listened, uh, I what, was forty eight minutes through the last one. I didn't make it. Sorry. What we do is is Andy is challenged to a trivia of five questions by our guests, and since this week, no guest. Because you're now apparently a host, is what Andy was saying. No, just, you are a host, <laughs> technically. Yes. Although, with the segment I like, think leading I've been in. Out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should have the recording on for that one. Andy's going to go inside. I'm going to ask you five questions. And uh, with a tiebreaker question at the end, and then Andy's going to come out and answer the same questions. And with we're going to see just kinda if you're smarter than Andy. Well, I love, I love everybody this. Everybody's smarter Let's than do it. Now, for just you know, so you're aware, Andy is two and zero, two and zero, baby, two and zero against both the great Katie Couts and Andrew Randant. Hmm. Is Brian going to be another name on the wall? <laughs> I shall return. Uh, huh. I did not know Trebo was giving us money. That's fantastic. Yeah, thanks, huh. Trebo's. <laughs> All right, Brian. So we've got some very uh, you're you're a loyal Pittsburgh Pirates fan, correct? Unfortunately, cannot give them up. Yes. So uh, I kind of geared tonight's trivia towards that. Uh, all five questions, well, six questions, are Pittsburgh Pirates centric. Ooh, yeah. All right, Bring Brian. It. Who started? The last Pittsburgh Pirates postseason game. Who was the starting pitcher for the last Pittsburgh Pirates postseason Garrett game? Garrett Cole. Whom did Bill Mazarowski hit his famous World Series walk-off home run off of? Forbes Field. <laughs> what pitcher? I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> Who is the only Pittsburgh Pirate to win Rookie of the Year? Jason Bay. 
Who was the last pirate to start an all-star game? Oof. You get those token uh, relievers sometimes. No, start. I know, start. Okay. I got to go cut you on that one. Okay. We're going to go back a little bit. Who started the 1992 NLCS Game 7 against Atlanta? Like, who was the starting Doug pitcher? Doug Grayback. And your tiebreaker question. Willie Stargell is the Pirates' all-time home run leader. How many home runs does he have as a member of the Pittsburgh Pirates? 549. Okay. All right. Feeling pretty confident? Sir. All right. I mean, obviously, the uh, one was, you know, predating you, but I thought maybe you might know that one. Here comes our current champion. Went to the bathroom. Now, I will say, Andy, you uh, you might be in for tonight, man. Ah, crap. I am not as confident in my answers as when I gave them. (laughs) For all the answers, Doug Drabeck. You can say it and see what happens. All right, sweet. John Wayner was one of them. Oh, oh John Wayner's my favorite pirate ever. I have so many baseball cards of that guy. <laughs> Literally, I have baseball cards of that guy. Because question number one was, what uh, what former Pittsburgh pirate did Brian get drunk with in Cincinnati? Well, it's John Wayner. John Wayner. <laughs> yes. And Bob Walk. Yes. <laughs> All right. Who was the starting pitcher for the Pittsburgh Pirates in their last postseason game? Uh, Garrett Cole? No. That would have been in 16. I'm going to say Garrett Cole. Okay. Whom did Bill Mazarowski hit his famous World Series walk-off home run? I can't tell you that one. It was, well, a Yankee, I think, but I have no idea who it is. Mm, Okay. Sorry. Brian wins that one. You weren't alive on that one either. It's not like you can claim that. Who is the only Pittsburgh Pirate to win Rookie of the Year? Oh, damn. Uh, Jason Kendall. Uh, one of the... Was it Jason Bay? Uh, Clemente was not a Rookie of the Year. Barry Bonds wasn't Bonilla. I, ooh, was Bonilla it? Uh... Let's say that guy... Don Wainer. No, it wasn't John Wainer. Have you tried Doug Drabeck? I I don't think it was John Dra- or Doug Drabeck. John Drabeck? How's about... I don't think Clemente was a rookie of the year. God, was it Al Martin? Kebron Hayes. Was it Al Martin? Nope, he was not one. Uh, Kevin Young, was he one? <laughs> this is impressive amount of pirates. <laughs> I mean, you're naming right now. You're just going to name him out there and wait to see how he responds. Was Stan Belendo one of them? <laughs> that, that, that is the, the person who shall not be named. <laughs> All right, if I have to guess... Oh, God. This, I, I don't know the answer to this. I'm going to take the obvious one and say... Roberto Clemente. I hate to say that, but that's my guess. All right. 
Who was the last Pittsburgh Pirate to start an All-Star game? Oh, God. Wow. Um, I'm going to say Garrett Cole. I think he might have started one. Who knows? Okay. I like to look at you, Brian, in the eye and yeah. say if you know the answer to things. Which is great for our camera set. Yeah, I know. Show. Right. Yeah. 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 Tune yeah. in to with the to check out our uh, simulcast. Who started the 1992 NLCS Game 7 against the Atlanta Braves? Ooh, who started it? And who was the starting pitcher? Yeah. Holy shit. All right. I, mean, I think John Smiley might have been on the staff. Uh, Doug Drabeck. Let me look through my... Baseball cards mental in my head. Yeah, this is like can we play some old music while I go through this? Oh, I mean, my phone? Stan Belendo might have actually been no, one of those. Guys. I told you that's the name that shall not be mentioned. Yeah, I mean, I guess we could throw out the hint that he was on the mound when the game ended. Was it yeah. Stan Belenda ended the game? Yeah. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go with Doug Drayback. <clears throat> All right, tiebreaker question. Willie Stargell is the all-time Pittsburgh Pirate home run leader. Yeah. How many home runs does he have as a member of the team? I don't think there's any Pirate over 500. Willie Stargell, great guy. We all want to hang out with him. We'd all like to have him on our team. I think he hit 360. Okay. Home runs. Well, Andy, your winning streak has come to an end. Oh, that's yeah. Oh, let's reveal. Brian, uh, Brian beat you three to two. Oh man! And what sucks is, is you named the name of the person. <laughs> we, we we need to go through the question. <laughs> oh man! Let's do this. All right. You, Who you, started you, the Pirates? That was, a, that was an early reveal, David. I'm gonna say. <laughs> Who started the Pittsburgh Pirates last postseason game? Garrett Cole. You both got that okay. one. Okay. Who did? Whom did Bill Mazeroski hit his famous World Series walk off? No home fucking clue. Of? Ralph Terry. Did you get that? I said no. Forbes Field. Yes. <laughs> He's a dude. <laughs> Who is the only Pittsburgh Pirate to win Rookie of the Year? The answer? I said Jason Bay. It is Jason oh, Bay. Which you man, said out loud. Oh, God. In 2004. <laughs> Dang. Who was the last Pittsburgh Pirate to start an All-Star game? It's actually two. 2021. Adam Frazier and Brian Reynolds both started. What? what? Was Adam no. Frazier starting Mate. any game? Yes. Ever? This is why this is the worst thing. That, that is very game. recent history, which means no, I have not paying Neither of us paid attention. <laughs> we have kids who are older than those kids. Doug Drabeck did indeed start game seven. Yeah, got that. And uh, Willie Stargell has 475. Oh, what runs. do you say for it? 459. Now you said 540. 549. Yeah, so I you really didn't over, think he had that home run. You were still closer. <coughs> but you missed Jason <coughs> Bay. Sorry, man. Yeah, I said his name. I mean, hey, what are you going to do? I mean, you were going through some Pittsburgh Pirates there. I was. I was <laughs> the in, other in, one in, I would have said is Brian Giles. Brian Giles, yeah. <laughs> well, he came up with uh, the... No, there was Padres. Well, there's Brian Giles and his brother who came up Marcus with the Padres. Giles. Marcus Giles came up with the Braves. Um, no. Yeah, I'm going to go with Marcus. I Giles actually think it was Braves. Mike Giles. Yeah, Mike Giles. That's it. Played shortstop. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 
Short shorts. We're short shorts. Yeah, really short shorts. Like, thanks to Bill Vec. Thank you, yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, we're still recording. <laughs> so, I, I really just uh, do have to uh, say thank you again to Trebo's uh, Bingo Hall. Just there a couple blocks south of the Circle on 159 Belleville. So if you guys are uh, looking for an opportunity to raise some money for your organization, uh, call them up. Look it on the uh, web. Google uh, Trebo Bingo. You'll find it. Uh, great. Lots of space. couple hundred people. Raise some money. It'll be great. Uh, thank you for sponsoring the show. A big thank you to uh, Fountains Family Dentistry again for sponsoring segment one. Andy, anybody you want to give a shout out I'd to? I'd like to thank me for showing up today. Yeah. You're you, all welcome. You brought your A game. I really did. <clears throat> I got I came up with a lot of pirates. You experienced a roller a coaster Al of emotions tonight. First were... of all, Al Martin and both Kevin Young in the same <laughs> sentence is a I, hell of a reference. I was I have smacked over here. I have baseball <laughs> cards of those guys that I like socked away, going, "Oh no, these are the next." These are gonna be worse. Something. I'm gonna, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna retire on these guys. But you went from laughing to pensive and deep in thought and conversation to angry, and I'm gonna start this segment really early <laughs> while nobody else is ready to go, and it's fine. Yeah. And caught off guard, you know, you were caught off guard with your with your live read. Maybe earlier. Brian should be a better human. I mean, I don't know how to follow that one up. And well, I don't think it wasn't recorded, so. You know. <laughs> All right. Uh, hey, I tell you what, uh, we're going to be back. I don't know if it's next week. I don't know I if it's going to be the week I think I'm not after. the third host. No. Oh, no, you uh, today. Oh, wait. Hold on. I've been kicked no, off the No, no, no. You're here next week, too. On the 2nd, on February 2nd, or 3rd, we have two guests from the past for me. So it'll be me, Dave, and two guests. But you're here next week. We can't have five people. It'll just be... <laughs> there was a giant, like, shouting over swallow. Oh my gosh, oh. like, you hurt my feelings. My Sorry, Brian. <laughs> I mean, if you want to take my spot, you can. Can it's we... Okay. Can we bring him in for segment two? <laughs> just for segment You know, two. just, you know... You go in, get a hot massage, something like that. Yeah, that'll be fine. Kristen ro- rewards you with some pretzels or something. I don't know. Recharge your batteries. But okay, so February third, we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have two special guests. Yeah, two special guests. Perfect. Next week, just it's me. Three of, it's the three of us again. <laughs> God bless America. You're not a guest anymore. You're a host, Brian. Just me. I gotta come up with more pirates trivia on the fly. Get ready for some. No, John it's all Chico leaned. I will. I will trivia you two against each other. Nope. Nope. I'm always the. Always oh, the, screw you. Okay. It actually <laughs> ends. Don't I have any? Any input into this show? You had several inputs into the show. You could have texted us days ago. Yeah. Audience, they're lying to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's not Fort Spears with the Dolsky. <laughs> <laughs> the Dolsky. Just one guy shouting into his phone. We're not we're not redoing the theme song. No. Just no. telling you that. I, I actually did think about that when I listened to the uh, 3-1, I'm like, I'm like, where do you fit me in there? <laughs> Brian's going to interject, and Brian. And Brian! <laughs> cousin, 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 adapt. <clears throat> All right. 
Well, Send us out. this Send us wraps out. us up. Porch beers with the links. And Brian. And Brian. <laughs> we'll be back with more fun next week. Bye, guys. guys. Bye.